to Chaos Cast, the Chaos Community Podcast, where we share use cases and experiences with measuring open source community health. On the panel today are Sean Goggins, Nicole Schusman, Matt German Pre, Elizabeth Barron, Don Foster, and myself, Georg Link. Let's go around and introduce ourselves. Sean. Hi, I'm Sean Goggins, one of the co-directors of Chaos Project and co-founders, maintainer for the Augur Software Project, and quite active in the open source community around those kinds of things. And we'll talk about that. So thank you, Georg. Glad to be here again. Good to have you, Sean. Nicole. Hello, everyone. Nicole Huseman here. I work on marketing, advocacy, and community outreach at the Linux Foundation, and it's great to be here with all of you today. Thank you, Nicole. Matt. How's it going, everybody? I'm Matt German Prey. I'm one of the co-founders of the Chaos Project. Seems like many years ago now. And I'm also a professor at the University of Nebraska at Omaha in the College of Information Science and Technology. Good to be here. Thank you, Matt. Elizabeth. Hey, everybody. I'm Elizabeth. I am the Chaos Community Manager. And I've been with Chaos for about three and a half years now. I'm super excited to be on this podcast. So thank you so much, Georg. Always oh, a pleasure. Thank you, Elizabeth. Dom. Hello, everyone. I'm Don Foster. I am Director of Data Science for the Chaos Project. I'm also on the governing board of the project. And I have a few roles outside of Chaos as well. I'm a board director of Open UK and co-chair of the CNCF Contributor Strategy Technical Advisory Group. Thank you, Don. And I'm Georg Link. I'm one of the co-founders as well, also on the board of the Chaos Project. And I love to do podcast episodes, so I'm very happy that you're all back here. Outside of chaos, I'm the director of sales at Petrucia. Today's episode is about the chaos goals for 2024 and beyond. And so on the panel today are a lot of chaos board members and really longtime members of the chaos project so that we can reflect on where we've been with chaos, but more so where are we going? Where do we want to go as a chaos community? And we have six goals that we outlined in a recent board meeting. And we'll go through those on this episode. We'll start off with the first goal, establish chaos metrics and metrics models as formal international standards. And Matt, would you like to start us off with this goal? Yeah, for sure. So as part of the most recent board meeting, we talked about chaos metrics and metrics models as being candidates for ISO standards. Just simply metrics are definite or metrics that we define are documents that kind of describe particular characteristics about open source projects. So for example, they may be things like age of issues or number of comments on a pull request and metrics models are collections of those particular metrics to address very particular things, say like community welcomingness or project viability. So from these documents, we're looking at creating international standards by which other people could then engage with these metrics and metrics models. We're working with the Joint Development Foundation, which is part of the Linux Foundation in this process. It's pretty early on at this point. 
So I think there are just kind of questions for us as to how we would kind of approach the standard process through the JDF and what candidate metrics or metrics models would be as part of this process. This is new to us. And so it's going to be a bit exploratory as we move down this path. But I think the reception has been real positive, both within the board and talking to folks at the Linux Foundation, as well as within the community. So something we're looking to do in 2024. And I think this is really an interesting way for us to give some of our metrics and metrics models a little more legitimacy because we spend a lot of time on these and put a lot of work into them. And so I think having them recognized as ISO standards will give us a little more legitimacy and also some visibility for our metrics. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to help management types and C-level people say, yes, we should do chaos metrics. And this is the difference between the de facto standards that we have been building that people have started gravitating towards and agreeing on and just saying, yes, chaos is the way that we are defining metrics and this is how we should use them and implement them and moving that into the ISO standard, the International Standards Organization, having a formal standard, just like was already said. Now we have a de jure standard where governments can reference it, organizations can more easily say, hey, there is an official standard and more than just chaos community saying so. Now it's an international standards body saying this is the standard. So I do think there there are things that we're going to have to consider throughout this entire process, which is, again, how we go about identifying metrics or metrics models that would be candidates for this how we manage our own process in chaos to actually move through this standardization process, which I don't imagine is going to be immediately simple. I think there's going to be some things that we have to think about. And then even further downstream on this, there are thoughts about compliance programs. And are we looking at how organizations are compliant or at least considering these standards within their own processes? There's plenty to come on the establishing chaos metrics and metric models as formal international standards. So plenty to look forward to. I'm excited for this. And let's move on to the next goal. Create outreach processes and plans that will promote chaos with the goal of sustaining and growing the chaos user community. And Nicole, I think you have quite a bit to say on this topic. Thanks, Georg. I just wanted to also say about the metrics models and ISO standards. This is so exciting. Chaos, as we all know, has existed for quite a few years. And it's great to see how far it's come means additional adoption. And hand in hand with that is really increasing the awareness and visibility around the chaos project. And all of the hard work folks do, as Dawn mentioned, right, around creation of these standards. So we'll start with a key message or elevator pitch that folks can really sink their teeth into. It really resonates with the user community. And of course, plan will outline a a marketing plan. There are so many different things that go into a marketing and advocacy plan and so much that we could do that 
it will be important for us to prioritize what we truly think will move the needle on awareness and engagement for the chaos project. So we'll spend some concerted time at thinking about what goes into this plan and prioritizing those activities and a roadmap. Again, folks inside and outside the community can really engage with, whether that means an ambassador's program or just additional ways that folks can engage with the Chaos Project. We created a brand guide earlier that we've made available to the community. And so we'll take another look at that and make sure that is fully up to date and that folks can really have ways to embrace that. And then we've already done a very disciplined and great job of putting Chaos Project out there in terms of our tone and voice. You'll see us do some additional things there as well. So as Georg mentioned, this is a particular passion of mine, and I'm excited about where the Chaos Project is and where we go next with the marketing and visibility around the Chaos Project and all of the great work from the community that goes into the project. Thanks, Nicole. Building the user community around the Chaos Project has been something we've been focusing on for also feels like a a while. And I would suspect that a lot of open source communities think about this, about the downstream use of the artifacts that they're creating, whether they're pieces of software or documentation or processes. I think it's great to have this as a goal and really focusing on how we engage with that user community. I know, Sean, you've been doing a lot of work with Augur and considering how people are are using Augur downstream. I know Grimoire Lab has been doing the same thing. So I'm really happy to see this as, as a goal moving forward. And I think a real challenge for us as well. And I think the goal of communication in this deliberate way that Nicole describes is critical. That I think we've done some great things trying to be consistent in our communication. And Nicole's helped us with those before. And of course, Elizabeth has been essential for that work. But I think the goal ultimately is to make this process much more, I don't know what the word is, deliberate, explicit, shaped by a pattern that's recognizable across different platforms. Somebody who knows marketing should maybe try to say something. I was just going to add that I think the piece of this that's exciting for me personally is our ability to share our learnings with other open source communities. So if we're able to kind of put together this package of how we're approaching this and share that openly with other open source communities. I think that is also just kind of a win for everybody because I think open source communities in general struggle with this piece. I don't think this is something that many focus on. It's probably not their strong suit. They mostly probably just want to focus on the code and maybe some community building, but this outreach and this like promotion of their own projects, I think is struggle that they have. So I'm excited that we would be able to share like a toolkit or something that we could pass along to others. That's the piece I really like a lot about this. Yeah, and I really like the focus on the user communities around this because we, I think historically, we've tended to market the chaos community as sort of a mixed message between the contributors and and the users and just kind of assuming that a lot of people are, are both. 
which has been true to date, but as a project matures, you end up with a lot of users that aren't necessarily contributors and aren't always aware of all of the details going on within the project. So I think having more focused effort around some of our marketing activities will really help us grow that user community and help those users feel welcome and included. And having a large user community also increases the pool of people that know about chaos and might come to the chaos community as contributors. So we'll close the conversation about creating outreach processes and plans that will promote chaos with the goal of sustaining and growing the chaos user community as one goal. And we'll transition our conversation to the next goal, which is to increase collaboration within the chaos contributor community. And Elizabeth, you're the community manager. Maybe you can kick us off on discussing this goal. Yeah, I would love to. And just to build on what Don just said about being more explicit in the difference between our user community and our contributor community, I think the focus on both in separate instances is good. So um, my piece of this is, is going to be really focusing on growing the contributor community. And we've thought about different ways that we can do that. One of them is specific to the software in particular. We have a lot of contributors here at Chaos, but probably disproportionately small are the ones that contribute to the actual software packages. So we really want to make it easier for people to contribute in that way. We also do want to think about those non-code contributions as they relate to our software packages. So as Nicole spoke earlier about outreach to the user communities of Chaos in general, we also want to maybe include some outreach to users of Augur and Grimoire Lab specifically and making it easier for folks to install and use and understand how those projects work. Um, so those will be some non-code contributions, I think, involved with that. And then it's a perpetual struggle for us to really appreciate and highlight all contributions, but specifically those non-code contributions. So that will be a focus for us as well, thinking of ways that we can do that more effective way. We also do want to grow those core contributors for the software packages. I think those groups are pretty small right now. So if we are able to grow the core contributors, then that gives us a little more capacity to accept more contributions from others. So yeah, it's a stepped process. I mean, then of course, we want to continue our collaboration with other communities that we are already working with, like the to-do group and all the universities that we speak with on a regular basis. The LF, of course, we have quite a few different ways that we participate with them and they could contribute back to us. So I'm just really focusing on making those partnerships a little more visible and maybe a little more explicit. We also are going to be showing up at a lot more events to just kind of evangelize what we're doing here at Chaos on both sides of the, of the communities, both users and contributors as well. So that's going to be another focus for us. And we found that those have been pretty successful in helping spread the word about chaos to people who may not have heard of, of us or been in the circles that we run. So it's great. We'll continue to look at some of the different events that we can participate in just to grow those, that pool of people. We also want to encourage blogging by, by our chaotics who are maybe some of those other communities that we work with, companies, different use cases, which will help Nicole's cause and our cause, as well as growing the contributor community. A great example is Gary White's recent posts or current series of posts on what they're, how they're using chaos metrics at Verizon in particular. And Gary has been a great contributor to our project in terms of really putting forth 
some metrics models that he's thinking about at Verizon. And so he's kind of doing both for us. So just a little shout out to Gary White at Verizon. And then finally, we just want to revisit how we approach mentorship. Mentorship has been kind of a mixed bag for us in the past. We've had some great success with mentorship, but it is pretty resource intensive for us. And we haven't really had the capacity to grow it as we maybe would have liked to. So we're going to just revisit how we approach those things, maybe be a little more selective in the mentorship programs that we participate in, maybe think outside the box a little bit on those. So yeah, so those are some of the ways that we're trying to just really increase our collaboration, increase our contributor community within chaos. Well, I think what I hear there, Elizabeth, is a lot of really closely interconnected efforts that are trying to bring the community together around different specific things that interest different people. And I like, of course, hearing about the software part of stuff. That's awesome. But it's also the contributor part has been more difficult to delineate, as you mentioned. So certainly this is an important goal just because of everything you said is right. And I will just expand on that really quickly. Um, We do have groups here at Chaos Now that are made of project managers, that are made of community managers, So those are non-code contributors that really want to help out and have very specific, awesome skills that we can use to really grow these communities. Because I'm just one person. (laughs) I can't be everywhere, even though I would really like to be. That cloning thing ever comes down, that'd be great. Yeah. So being able to include those folks is really important to me. And I think it will be such a force multiplier for everything that we're working on here at Chaos. Elizabeth, you've said about non-code contributors particularly resonates with me. We've already had so many fantastic contributions to Chaos Project, but I do absolutely agree with you. It's really a force multiplier, whether it's, you mentioned before, Chaotix becoming bloggers, more folks pitching in to write blogs. I've already seen so many fantastic blogs and there's such an opportunity for those who... You may not necessarily write code, but perhaps you write a blog or you organize an event or a meetup. There are so many different ways for folks to get involved. I will say in my own experience, it's such a welcoming and inclusive community that I'm excited to see all of the different contributors get involved and really embrace that opportunity. On this conversation on the last two goals, it's just making me reflect on how hard community is, like thinking about so many different people that are approaching the project in so many different ways. I mean, just even looking at users, there are users who may want to contribute back to software. As Don had pointed out, there are users who may not really want to engage with the community at that day-to-day contribution level as well. There are folks who are doing non-code contributions, as Nicole was pointing out, there are just so many different types of ways to engage with the project. It makes my brain hurt sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. And just to build on what Nicole said, I mean, the, the chaos community is really, truly one of the most kind and welcoming communities that I've, I've ever been a part of. And so I think us continuing to look for ways to improve it, to get more people engaged, I think is a good thing, not just for the chaos project, but for open source in general, with the idea that they can start with us in the chaos project and then expand out and work on other projects later. I think this focus on community that we have within the project under Elizabeth's leadership has been really, really fantastic. And it's great to see that continuing. Thanks for saying that. 
I appreciate you, Don. Thank you. <laughs> and Matt, for what it's worth, it makes my brain hurt too. So <laughs> you're not alone. <laughs> One of the things that I appreciate specifically is the chaotic of the week highlight because it brings us together as a community. We get to know the other community members better. And sometimes I learn about things happening in the chaos project that I didn't even know were happening. So as we are growing, it's really nice to get that insight to what everyone else is working on. With that, I would like to transition away from talking about the goal to increase the collaboration within the chaos contributor community to our next goal to provide hosted software as a service offering for people to consume chaos metrics for the communities that they care about. And Sean, you are at the center of building software in the chaos community. What are your thoughts on this goal? Well, as Elizabeth alluded, it makes her brain hurt to think about building community. And I think I'm here to make your brain hurt more. I think, I think so. yeah, building hosted software as a service, I think does extend to some degree the collaborations that are, are nascent inside the software component of chaos. We have this goal because two reasons. One, Don did a survey of chaos software users earlier this year and identified the difficulty of installation as a considerable obstacle for people. So providing hosted solutions removes that obstacle more immediately than trying to ensure that our installations are always easy. Of course, that's a secondary goal, but providing a hosted solution lets a non-technical person just say, I want to track these repositories and then be able to do it. And Augur, we have a hosted instance of Augur, I'll put in the show notes, and also a hosted instance of 8Nuts that talks to that data. But what we really want to accomplish with this goal, you know, in addition to sustaining some of those efforts and possibly converting some of the Augur data into metric model data, is to get some funding around hosting the OSS Compass project that's been developed by our Asia Pacific working group. And OSS Compass, if you're not familiar, is a, I think I'm going to get this phrasing right, but somebody correct me if I'm wrong. It's a chaos affiliated, but not a chaos project. Is that how, the, how I should say that? Yeah. Okay. So it's a chaos affiliated project that has really done, I think, an excellent job. No disrespect to all of the other beautiful software in chaos, but an excellent job of providing user interface that I can approach or you could approach and say, I want to see this metric model for these projects. And I can do it. And it's Grimoire Lab in the back and beautiful web design in the front and a lot of nutty and bolty infrastructure things in between. And referring back to something Matt mentioned about creating these standards for metric models, I think we want funding to help implement some of those standards and make them tactile for people. So they're not just concepts or documents, but actual artifacts that people can manipulate. And I have a little bit more to say about policies and data storage, but briefly, the chaos value system, as expressed in our data policy, is something that we work every day to ensure that we comply with. We also respect the privacy of developers and contributors and maintainers, and we respect the compliance for the terms of service for each of the platforms that we work with. We recognize we're in a an open space and that respect is really critical to the utility and success of what we're trying to do on the software side, especially from a hosted perspective. We don't want to create a honeypot. And I think that one of the 
things that I think is most important about having some SaaS solutions is, you know, not just so maybe less technical users can have access to the software. We have several different pieces of software within the Chaos Project and they do very different things in very different ways. And this gives people an opportunity to try it and see what works for them and what doesn't. And then they can continue to use a a SaaS solution or they can take the next step and bring something maybe in-house so that they can also look at private repositories or, or something like that. But it really gives people an opportunity to decide whether the software is going to work for them in a way that doesn't cost them a lot in time and energy. That's a really good point, Don. It's like when my daughters go to the ice cream shop, they sample no less than three flavors before choosing. I'd like to build on this a little bit too. Different organizations have different resources available to them. For example, large corporate open source program offices are resourced quite differently than say, smaller scientific software open source projects. And a SaaS solution really helps remove resource constraint that some open source projects may have to be able to engage with chaos metrics and metrics models. I think this is a a big hope of mine as well on the SaaS solutions. It goes hand in hand, this goal to provide hosted software as a service offering for people to consume chaos metrics for the communities they care about. It goes really hand in hand with also creating the outreach process and plans that will promote chaos with the goal of sustaining and growing the chaos user community because we make it easier for users to engage with chaos metrics and to become part of our whole ecosystem of chaos metrics. And then of course it goes well with the other goal that we have, and that is how do we provide guidance to use it. The goal is to use data-driven insights to provide recommendations that help people generate new insights for their communities. And Don, as our data scientist, what are your thoughts on this goal? You know, historically, the Chaos Project has really taken an agnostic approach to interpretation of metrics. So we historically have given you lots of metrics. We've given you some tools with the idea that then it was really up to the individual projects, OSPOs, whatever, to determine how to use those metrics and how to interpret them in light of their community, because every community really is a little bit different and you do need to interpret the metrics based on what's going on within your project and community. But we found is that it's a lot of metrics and the software is complex in ways that that make it really powerful, but that can make it really hard for people who are relatively new to using metrics to actually generate those insights. So the whole goal of this data science effort, which I've been brought into the chaos project to drive is really around helping people figure out what they need to know to generate those insights. And so we have a few specific things that are part of this new data science goal. One is collaborating with some of the context working groups that we have. So we have one for open source program offices. We have one for academia and universities. We have another one for scientific software. They all have very different needs. So this work is partly around understanding what those needs are, as well as then helping people interpret the metrics in a way that makes sense for what they're trying to do as an organization or as a project. 
Another piece of this that I've just started working on is to create a series of what we're calling insight guides to help others interpret their metrics and generate insights. So the idea behind these insight guides will be talking about a specific aspect of a community and which metrics you can use, how you can interpret those metrics and how you can take that into making changes that will improve your community. And then how do you monitor those changes over time? So we're starting to work on those insight guides. So you'll see more about that in the the coming probably first quarter of, of next year. And then the other part is kind of aligned with some of the other efforts that we, that Nicole and Elizabeth talked about earlier, which is building use cases with communities or other entities as examples of how to get insights for your data. Because I think one of the, one of the things that really helps people interpret data and know what to do with metrics is to see examples for how other people have done this. So they can look at an an example of maybe a company or or an organization or a project that is sort of similar to what they're doing and see how other people have interpreted their metrics and what they've learned from them. So I think having those use cases will also help people get more insights from their data. One of the things that's going to be really interesting to me, Don, in the work that you're doing as director of data science is completely agree. We've been agnostic towards the metrics for so long. And then if we go all the way to the other end of the spectrum, it would be giving like, you're doing great. You're not doing great kind of advice. And clearly we're not going that far because we would never be able to provide that type of advice. So it'd be really interesting to see the steps you talked about are kind of those first steps in moving us off being agnostic and just kind of how far we can go down that path. And I don't know the answer and I, maybe you do, I, I don't know. So it'll be really interesting, this process of discovery as to, to how far we can go down that path. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I'm working on with this insight guides, which is why it's kind of taking me a while to, to make traction on those is because you really have to do talk about things in a slightly abstract way that helps people think about what's unique about their project and how they might generate insights from say a responsiveness metric that might be different from an insight that somebody else would generate looking at nearly the same graph. So it's kind of a complex topic, but I think we can, I think we can get there. It's just a matter of figuring out how to organize it in a way that helps people understand and make improvements in their communities without getting too bogged down in the details. This goal particularly cites me and one, it shows how far we've all come together. Two, it is so complex. And yet what I find exciting about it, at least on one level, is broken down into very tangible steps. So while I'm sure it will be a journey of discovery, I like that it's outlined in such concrete. This is really exciting. It it also I think as Georg mentioned, it goes hand in hand with the other goals that we've talked about today, whether it's the contributor community, the user community, the piece around SaaS, right, really helps to round all of that out. So I'm really excited about how this one will unfold. Yeah, I'm also very excited about the work that Don's undertaken here. And I think it's going to be so critical to actually we go with these standards that Matt talked about and communicating about them and building community around them and all that data that we come up with if, if it's not 
presented in a useful way or the stories aren't told, I think we miss a bunch. So I'm excited about the work that Donna's doing for sure. I find those context working groups especially fascinating to listen in, even if you don't know much about the context in which they're working. I think they're super fascinating. And I'm really happy that these conversations are open and transparent and collaborative, because I think that that's really going to inform those insight guides. Being able to build those communities up is just going to make whatever we produce and whatever we come together and showcase as a community all the more stronger. Because we have so many different perspectives that come to those groups. I just love, I love to attend those context working groups. So I just want to give a shout out to those. If anyone's, even if that's not your space, you should totally come because they're incredibly fascinating to listen in on. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I want to mention, we do have a new data science working group as well. And so my secret evil plan is to put together an insight template so that I can get other people who are passionate about certain sets of metrics to help write insight guides. So it's not just going to be Dawn writing a whole bunch of insight guides, but I'm hoping to also recruit other people from within the community to help with a lot of that work. And certainly things like the use cases, those will certainly be built by a collaboration with the people who are actually involved in that use case. So I think this really will be a big community effort and those context working groups are certainly a part of it. And I agree with Elizabeth, those are absolutely fascinating. It's really interesting to hear the different sets of problems that some people have that they're trying to solve with metrics. One of the things on this goal that I find fascinating is that it helps us rethink some of the metrics that we have. And Sophia and I just uh, were talking about little study we did looking at project health metrics from chaos and how they correlate with usage data from telemetry, which is very hard to get in open source. Very few projects have telemetry data that show us exactly how many people are using the software and how. And being able to correlate that and see how these other metrics that are publicly available and that we can collect already easily on any open source project correlates, helps us rethink. And one of the things that fascinated me is how stars and forks as metrics, and we have been kind of dismissing them as vanity metrics. They are like, oh, they only tell us how well we do marketing for our project. They don't actually tell us anything about the community. Well, we saw that they were very strongly correlated with the actual usage of the software. And so I'm really excited to see more of these data-driven insights and how we can rethink the metrics that we have already defined. So with that, I'm super excited for goal five, use data-driven insights to provide recommendations that help people generate new insights for their communities. And Don, there's another goal for you, evolve data policies and practices as needed to accommodate new technologies like artificial intelligence. Yes, this was a goal that we came up with during that same board meeting that, to be honest, we're not quite ready to address it, but we know that as these technologies evolve, we are going to need to think about how these new technologies impact metrics. And we, it's not that we haven't started to think about it. We just haven't decided exactly what we're going to do with all of this stuff. But Matt, Sean, and I wrote a blog post on the Chaos blog talking about artificial intelligence and the impact that, that might have on open source communities. So that's one way that we're starting to think about it. 
But we know that as new technologies come up, AI is just the most recent one. There'll probably be something else new that's coming up that we'll need to continue to think about how our metrics evolve as some of these newer technologies start to come up. So we wanted to name that explicitly as a goal so that we don't forget that we really do need to continue to think about new technologies and new things going on within the industry that will impact our policies and practices. As a chaos project with this goal and the other goals, I see we are evolving, growing and becoming better at what we're doing and being intentional about how we are shaping the community. And I think these are the goals for 2024 and beyond. And I'm really interested to see where this journey takes us. And as we bring in new community members, I'm pretty sure we'll get new ideas also. And it's such an exciting thing to do as a community together. I hope everyone who is listening, that you'll be joining us and to be part of this journey with us. With that, these are the goals. And we transition this podcast episode into our final segment, the value ads, where we share something that has brought value, joy, or meaning to our life recently. And I already mentioned mine. It was the research project that Sophia Marcus and I did on metrics and correlating them with telemetry metrics and how we are starting to rethink stars and forks. Yeah, I find that absolutely fascinating that the the vanity metrics, I'm going to need to change my mind about those. I've been really down on vanity metrics if you've ever listened to me talk about them. So now I need to rethink that and it's changing my mind. So that's always really good. So my value add is a paper or an article that was recently published in Association of Computing Machinery, the ACM, which is called Beyond the Repository, which is something that was written by Amanda Cesari, Julia Ferrioli, and Juniper Lovato. And I think that this should be required reading for anyone doing research on open source projects, communities, and ecosystems. They did a really nice job of outlining some of the issues that researchers run into, along with some best practices in order to make our research better, more ethical, more human, I think. And so I've been evangelizing this article with everyone that I talked to about metrics over the past few weeks. So it's that's my value add. So I will talk about my value add. Recently, my son and I, it was my first time at this, we went to the Prefontaine Classic here in Eugene, Oregon. Steve Prefontaine was a famous track athlete, and Eugene is known as Track Town USA. Uh, the creator of Nike and a fellow U of O grad wrote a book, not new but new to me, called Shoe Dog. It was beautifully written, but I really found resilience in that book and taking a journey with Still Night and just really spoke to me. I am not a track athlete, (laughs) but still it was great to see or to experience someone else's journey and how someone else overcomes obstacles and celebrates wins along the way. So Shoe Dog is my contribution. And my contribution is a book I've been reading lately, although now I'm going to be reading a new book that Matt and I have talked about. The book I've been reading is called Becoming Human, A Theory of Ontogeny. And it's really 
about kind of taking a step back from our understanding of how we have become human and how people become human now and looking at how humans mature, develop sociocultural experiences and begin to explore self-regulation, executive functioning and, and how all of that is interconnected with the larger social systems that we exist within, which is a longstanding interest of mine. So it's a, it's a really different frame from how I've thought about these problems before. And so I find that really, really interesting. So my value add is not about reading anything. It's that this is the first year where both of my kids are away. My daughter is Atlanta and my son is in Austin and kind of coming home for the holidays. is just kind of a new experience with everybody being away and, and coming back. This happened at Thanksgiving and it's going to happen here again around the Christmas break. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. And as someone who also has kids that are away that come home, I second that, Matt. That is a really wonderful feeling to have everybody together again. I wasn't thinking about my kids at all, actually, when I did my value add. But I was reading about this expedition into the Cyclops Mountains, which is a super fascinating read. Just them overcoming the challenges to get there and to um, do it in a good way that's like culturally sensitive and environmentally careful. So it's super fascinating. But what they found was there's a, another egg-laying mammal, not just they're in, they're a part of the platypus family, but they're not platypi, platypuses. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. It has only been spotted one other time in history. It's called the long-beaked kidna, I think is how you pronounce it. Just so super fascinating. And they also discovered a brand new genus of tree-dwelling shrimp because apparently the environment there is so humid that it can sustain shrimp that live in trees. Like super fascinating. And then they found a ton of new insects and invertebrates, blind spiders and, and other things. So it's just a really fascinating read about how they did it. It took so many years of planning and yeah, just such dedication to making this happen, but it serves the greater good. Those discoveries that now we all can share in and, and enjoy. So an interesting read if you're into that. <laughs> Tree shrimp. Tree shrimp. Yeah. This, Super, this reminds, weird, me of, right? reminds me of the scientific research allegedly funded to have shrimp practicing on bicycles. <laughs> hey, who knows? From I mean, like 10 years ago. But tree shrimp. In the caves. Yeah, they're deeper oh. in the caves there, Sean. Wow. <laughs> well, it is time to say thank you. Thank you, Sean, Nicole, Matt, Elizabeth, Don, for being on the panel today. Thank you, dear listener, for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time, your chaos community. <laughs> <laughs>